Hi, and welcome once again to What's the Damage? Companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular actual play D&D show, Roll for Damage, made with all natural ingredients. It's another beautiful day in the city, um, as our heroes spent some time in self-actualization. Quinn had an interesting conversation at the temple. Perry visited the university in search of potential uh, mentorship, and half the party ended up forming a meditation group. They headed back to the library um, using their fancy new library card, which they earned through all that um, mystery mansion drama. <laughs> you remember that. Uh, regaining entrance uh, to get a little bit more research done. Um, but as they were reminded during a brief and weird conversation with Fulton, they have more adventures waiting for them outside the city walls. And soon it might be time to leave. We'll be discussing all that uh, starting right now. And then later we'll be talking about character art, music, minis, and all the extras that make D&D so seductively expensive. Uh, as always, stick around after the stream for links, charities, and resources. I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. Uh, joining me today, we have three wonderful guests. We've got Jake, who plays Oriana. We've got Laura, who plays Peregrine, also Woo. And then we've got Serenity, who plays everybody else. <laughs> Excellent way to put that. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, welcome, guys. Um, so there were once again no battle maps this time, but what is the damage? Uh, the damage is how long can we keep it going so that we don't have to risk dying anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'd say the damage might be our irrationally paranoid companion alienating all our allies. Um, <laughs> that too, that too. <laughs> I mean, that's It'll almost scarier than combat. <laughs> It'll blow over. <laughs> Fulton's really very laid because back, I think. Because it's campion. Um, for, me, for me, it's just making all the random NPCs because they just want to go everywhere and do everything. Yeah, <laughs> talk to all the people. And then a whole bunch of books that I've got to make up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. 
Yeah, I don't know. If you want to annoy Serenity in this game, just like touch every book and be like, what's this one called? What's this one called? What's this one called? I, I, will, fi I will find a title <laughs> and an author and, uh, and I will and a curse. Some I will make something up. Yeah, and eventually you will find the book that's cursed. Uh, minus two to all your stats. Wonderful. <laughs> something to look forward to. Um, okay, cool. So... Uh, before we jump into stuff this episode that happened this episode, um, I don't think we got a chance to talk about Perry's conversation with Aaron. Um, and I thought that was kind of an important little plot point from before. So could you touch on that, Laura, please? Um, part of it is like she's very Perry's very disappointed because she had every intention of like we were gonna take care of the thing for Aaron and then Perry was gonna like use that goodwill to talk mm -hmm. to the one person who seems to use magic the same way this new stuff works for her and then well you know what that damage was um <laughs> yeah um but it was a good way of waking perry up because a lot of what she has been doing while it's been in a very controlled environment um, or at least been very careful, has been just sort of reaching for something and not knowing what the fuck she's doing. Mm -hmm. um, and now she has a sort of like guideline. Okay, well, I need to intend to do it, um, which really helped. And it kind of also gave Perry like a little bit of hope, especially that like last bit of that conversation, mm -hmm. um, which she, until Fulton revealed it, was keeping it like very close to her chest because that was not her information to give the group. Aaron specifically said, between you and me, it'll grow back. And Perry's like, okay, well, between you and me, thank you for the hope. Um, yeah. But like, I'm not going to share that. It's not mine to share. People don't need to know. It's fine. It's not like you're going back. Um, awesome. Heavy sigh. Uh, Heavy sigh. <laughs> Maybe someday. Someday, someday, when the dragon's forgotten about you. Um, so... What was Perry hoping to find when she went to the university or, or the academy? At this point, she sort of was grasping for straws. It's, it's a lot of, when she was growing up, there was druidic magic or nothing. And like the idea of anything else was either discouraged or just like not talked about. Like mm -hmm. the subject would get changed. Um, like she knew that her older brother was like collecting books and reading all the time, but she didn't know why until Fulton told her, oh yeah, dude, you know, there's this guy, his name's Warian and uh, he's totally a wizard. And I'm like, oh shit, that's my brother. Um, uh, this is why I leave holes in my backstory because the DM will fill it with really interesting mm -hmm. stuff that I have no idea about. Um, but so Aaron had suggested, well, there's this whole academy over here and Perry's like, well, those people are smarter than me and I have no one to ask. I've never had anyone to ask. I've never even really been able to ask these kind of questions. So mm -hmm. she was just any tidbit of knowledge, some kind of like direction to go in. So when they were like, no, you need a teacher, Perry was like, well, no. I can't. I'm I can't <laughs> enroll in school. <laughs> yeah, you, you just need like, a live-in mentor. He will just like follow you around. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe you'll find you'll find a nice NPC somewhere. Um, 
Maybe, or maybe I'll just read Sorcery for Dummies, which I totally thought, like at the beginning of the session, I was like, Perry's going to buy a book and just like try to, to, mm-hmm. to, to find some information that way. And then I was like, no, that's a stupid idea, especially because she's just been told you need to be taught. This is not something in a book. And then Fulton's like, well, couldn't you just get like sorcery for dummies? I was like, well, I guess I am going to do that stupid idea. Yeah. We'll see if that book exists. Um, I mean, I did get an intro to sorcery book at the bookstore at the very end of the episode. So. How, uh, Serenity, then how like common are sorcerers then if intro to sorcery is a book that's just kind of around? Uh, in, in, uh, Izel and Zuma, very common. Yeah, it's one of the most magic. Like that's arcane. The arcane is mm-hmm. very, this is where most people come to train. It's like it's like here uh, and in Zarithamar, where there was that other academy, uh, are two of the biggest ones that they've seen. I don't. I'm mm-hmm. not going to give away where else they they do, but like we'll sorcery, find out. sorcery is fairly con- like it's not it's not a hidden thing. The only place that it mm-hmm. seems to have not really been fostered is. Um, Forest of Whispers at this point. Which was very isolated. Which was very right, isolated. and and, yes. and as we, as Perry found out very early on, uh, sided with, you know, Veladon in the whole arcane bad uh, decision, which was a fun thing to suddenly discover from a member of Lux Eterna. Yeah. <laughs> Perry was like, so, yeah, hey, so, I'm arcane. <laughs> so yeah, like people going to like, I mean, again, think of it like a, a magic academy of, mm-hmm. of kids so it's like coming in to, to learn their first you know math 101 they need some kind of book to like read mm-hmm. up on when they're not in class to kind of help practice their inc- like it's basically just showing incantations and showing mm-hmm. you know how to properly um how to properly uh use your magic and mm-hmm. like how to access it within you and if you're a wizard it's you know how do you study and learn the actual runes and rituals and, and arcane writings in order to make the spell a reality in your spell book? You know, like those, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if it's a sorcerer, it'd be more like, here's how yeah, to train your innate well, abilities. Yeah, the well yeah. inside of you and, and pulling upon it properly. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we saw Perry investigating, like possibly training her magic, <laughs> buying that book. Um, and it got me um, wondering, I think we've touched on this before, but how did Oriana get into magic exactly? Because she does have some innate abilities from being a tiefling, um, but bard, bardism, barding is uh, learned like, like, um, like, you know, wizard magic. And she was unaware that her mother was also an arcane practitioner. Yeah, she did not know that her mother uh, was also a bard. Uh, mm. It makes perfect sense now that she thinks about it, but she didn't know it at the time. Um, but uh, she original she so she always had her tiefling magic, but she got her bardic magic specifically from um, the orator, uh, which is a person in her backstory, uh, Damien Felbin. Mm-hmm. Um, Long story short, he was a bard. Oriana kind of heard him speaking one day and then was kind of like, hey, teach me things. Uh, And as uh, we found out when Oriana uh, messaged uh, Cade uh, and learned that uh, he escaped, uh, he was in prison when Oriana was learning from him. So take take from that what you will. Uh, Just just visited him in jail? (laughs) 
more or less yeah yeah huh interesting did, did her mom know about this <laughs> okay um I, that's probably a question for serenity i do not know if her mom knows about that or not she definitely was keeping it secret uh-huh. um she was not um being very open with her parents uh, at that time in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm sure she probably knew. Uh, Kay definitely seemed to know that Oriana had something to do with his escape, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so that, Oriana might be wanted for questioning? Uh, you know, uh, we, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. I suppose know. we're gonna find uh, that out in the next yeah. arc, aren't we there, Jake? Well, <laughs> uh, let's just say you know she's she just thought he wanted a flute to pass the time, not to escape from prison. Uh, so my question is this, because I'm a little bit confused. Like, was he in like prison, prison, and she was going to a jail and was so oblivious that she didn't realize she was going to a prison, or was he like under house arrest? Oh no, she knew she knew he was uh, he, he was a troublemaker. I don't I don't want to give away too much. I don't know how mm-hmm. much DM, DM would like me to give away, but she knew. Don't give any spoilers now. She knew that Damien was a, was a troublemaker, uh, mm-hmm. but in in the kind of way that was almost like opening her eyes, and she wanted mm-hmm. to realize what she wasn't seeing before. So he's the one that inspired her to also leave home. The one uh, that he, made he her is, feel he is directly responsible for her. Oh. So he's the one who made um, Orion believe that like her society was corrupt or something like that. Um. Yeah. Uh, I. I would. Yeah. Uh, Oriana is still like a. a a nationalist at heart in a way i mean she loves her country she doesn't you know hate her country necessarily mm. necessarily but he kind of revealed some of the stuff that's not kept you know allowed for the general mm. public to know secrets yeah state secrets i'm, I'm <laughs> sure it will come up at some point <laughs> yeah, you secrets. like that my little state i will secrets. confirm no i will neither confirm nor deny any Awesome. Um, yes, we'll find out when we get to Riverrun. We Maybe. will find out, or po- we will possibly find out when we get to Riverrun. Yeah. yeah, we'll find out when Orion gets arrested. Um... <laughs> That's what's gonna happen when we cross the border. As soon as, yeah, as soon as we cross the border to Riverrun, there are guards like stationed right there. It doesn't like, matter where we <laughs> We need you to come with us. Oh, uh, that's my prediction. Um, anyway. So, um, Serenity, we've had a couple of quieter episodes. Um, That was more or less quieter stuff is happening. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what's it like? Quieter for them, not so quieter for them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. (laughs) So what's it like running um, like more RP focused episodes like this? Is it a chance to sit back or is there more different work? I think it depends, right? Um, mm-hmm. There are, uh, like, I think the previous session uh, to this last one, uh, it was more between the characters. I didn't have to, like, they were dealing with sort of their inner turmoil and the things that they needed to handle. Um, and they were sort of making the story for their characters. Um, mm-hmm. And then those moments where there's, like, heavy RP between players and their characters, I can kind of sit back and I'm like, okay, I don't need to step in until, unless like something horrible is going to go wrong. Or like, I'm worried that like 
you know, this is going to completely derail the campaign or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or unless I need to give them a tidbit of information because they're walking in a certain area Have and I'm like, oh, yeah. there's there's something that's going to be here and I need to tell them. Um, but then this previous session was a lot more world introspection. Like they were trying to mm-hmm. learn more about this place that they live and kind of like what's going on with them and information that they need to know. And in that, I have to get more involved because I'm the one who gives them that information and tells mm-hmm. them like, you know, what they learn or what they know. Um, and so in those ones, it's a lot, it's actually a lot harder than like say running a dungeon or something. Cause like in a dungeon, you kind of like set the layout of the dungeon. You have the traps, you know, like the monsters that are generally going to be there, you know, the things mm-hmm. that are going to happen, you know, that there's like a beginning and an end. And you can kind of set that all up. Um, when people are just wandering a city, you kind of have to be like, okay, who are they going to meet? Okay, random person mm-hmm. number one, you know? Um, you gotta, and yeah, then you they become to... like their favorite NPC. You got to give them an actual <laughs> name and like a race and what they look like and stuff like that. So um, so that tends to be a little bit more difficult, but it's super fun. Like that's the that's probably the most fun D&D stuff beyond the like huge reveals and the, the like super yeah. exciting moments, you know? It's like you're playing too. But yeah. as an NPC. <laughs> cool beans. Um, okay, so I have to know, was Oriana serious about wanting to go apologize to the dragon? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 100 percent What what does she imagine that's going to accomplish? Uh right now, nothing. Uh it, it's something she wants to do uh long term. Um, just like she wants to go back to Dobby's grave at some point and do something uh, 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 secret there. Um, <laughs> Reasons for the dead. Uh, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, she wants to go back eventually. Like after, mm-hmm. if if not after all this is over, then like, oh my gosh, we're in the end game now. You know, blah 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 blah. We need all the allies we can get. Maybe this dragon will help. Blah blah blah, kind of thing. Um, Interesting, but she does want to apologize to the dragon because she genuinely was just kind of curious. Like, hey, there's a cave here. Yeah, the flowers are probably what we're here for, but let's make sure that there's not gonna, you know, be some kind of monster that eats us or whatever in the cave. Um, and she killed the cat. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. But she wants to apologize for that because, Mm -hmm. you know, she she was curious. She was inquisitive. She didn't stop Quinn from going in. Um, So she wants to apologize. But why? Because she feels bad about it. Okay. And the the dragon's clearly an intelligent enough creature to understand remorse. She's not looking to go back to get, you know, a bunch of spirit crystals or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, she just wants to apologize because, you know, the same, the, same re- the same reason if you, like, said something really dumb to someone in real life and then, like, just kind of let it simmer for a few days and you're like, ooh, I probably should apologize for that. I guess, but, I mean, if that person told me to get out of their house and never come back, I would do that. Well, y- you know, I mean, I... I might send a letter or something. <laughs> oh yeah, just like <laughs> a little post note. Dear Dragon in Secret Grove. Oh. Uh, now where do I find the post note to take it there? Yeah, get a little raven, help it survive. I mean, I think it's a fair point. I mean, that was Quinn's whole plan was to go apologize. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the funny thing is like Perry was off doing her own thing while 
you know, they were telling Oriana how dumb she was for wanting to apologize. And had Perry <laughs> been sitting there, she would have been on Oriana's side. Like, for wait, actually, maybe like, wait, we actually, should. No, like if we could make this right, that's very mm-hmm. important. We should make this right. It's not about wanting the thing. Like she gets where Oriana's coming from there. It's not about the stuff that's there. It's about we screwed up and we should own mm-hmm. it. And we should say we're sorry for screwing up. It was like the thing that upset her about like, back when Cage Barrow happened and Campion was all like, well, they stole stuff. And Perry's like, we were wrong. We should be mm-hmm. sorry. And we should, you know, say we're sorry. Um, yeah. It's interesting seeing the different perspectives on um, on this kind of thing within the group. Um, so neither of you were present for this, but um, Quinn had what I thought was an interesting conversation with an NPC who sort of touched on something similar to this. And I believe the NPC told him that he was focusing too much on regret. Do you think that's a valid criticism? I do. I mean, Quinn tends to dwell on his own mistakes and which is a mm-hmm. thing that like Perry has been trying to convince him to not do. Like, okay, own, own your screw up, but like, let's move forward. Like, okay, cause, cause her thing is like the party tends to own briefly and then move on and try to forget they screwed up instead of learning from it where Quinn just like sticks to, I screwed up. This was all my fault. I have to, I have to do penance. I am, I am the worst. Well. <laughs> um, and so like, I think that that was a really valid and important thing for him, for him to hear from someone who wasn't in the party. Mm-hmm. A little bit of outside perspective. Mm-hmm. That was a fun conversation. Yeah. Jay, do you have a perspective on this? Um, Quinn's always been an interesting character, in my opinion. Um, The thing that stuck out to me about that conversation was when the NPC more or less kind of called him out. I don't know. I don't really know how to put it into words here. Quinn's an interesting character because he likes to point out flaws in other people, especially Oriana. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Oriana's been like flaunting her flaws a lot. Don't you all do that though? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the the NPC kind of just pointing out that Quinn was like trying to decide, like this this is how I atone this is how i mm-hmm. pay penance was kind of the, the part that was really interesting for me because quinn very much does dwell on his mistakes mm-hmm. and his failures and very much says okay i need to do xyz in order to atone for it you know um the big example would be his backstory which is his village having been attacked so it's his job to fix it even though he may or may not be the best person for it. I think if you're the only one left. Yeah, I'd say in his defense, yeah. it's literally he and his adopted sister are all that's left of that village that he knows of. He's oh, kind no, of no, the no, only no. one who can. Yeah, to be fair to Quinn, also that's a very standard backstory. Yeah, also, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, is he the only one who can though? I think that's the question. That's the thing that Jake's that trying to question. bring it up. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's the, is that's he the, thing, the only one know. who can do anything about this? Has he tried to talk to anyone of any type of power about hmm. it, really? 
And this okay, is like, this is kind of like what, like you know, the, again, the, the Rowena who he was talking to was trying to say like, you don't get to decide what your punishment is. It's not up to you. You you make a mistake. You don't get to choose as the person who made the mistake. Oh, if I buy you a lollipop, it's all good. Like that's that's what mm. that's how I make it right. It's up to those who you wronged or what yeah. happened for that penance to be paid in whatever way is, is counted for. And so her whole point was you coming here, you are sure maybe you feel better about it, but that doesn't mean you've paid the penance. And at the end of the day, you're not, you're missing the point. You need mm. to keep moving forward. And when it comes time to pay that price for, for what you did or to, to, live up to what you need to do in order to rectify that mistake or show that you've learned, you will know you will, that moment will come yeah. and you will have the option to make a different choice. Um, coming here and being like, well, I'm going to till the soil and then go out and do the same thing again. And then I'll get to decide again, okay, I'm going to come back and now I'm going to plant some flowers and that'll make it all right. Like she, she was kind of saying like, also look in the little things that you do because you always see your biggest failures. Mm -hmm. We're always our biggest critics in life. And you don't see the little things that you do that actually sometimes have monumentally more effect than than that big failure that you think like everyone is watching and laughing at you for. So interesting. It's a bit like indulgences, isn't it? Like you plant a couple of flowers, you buy yourself um, whatever it is you want to do. Interesting. Yeah. Cool beans. Um, and he's doing it at church too. So. Okay, so moving on from that. I love that um, he's now more a follower of Melora than he was before when he was a cleric. It's it's to me it's hilarious. He's like, I don't need I don't need I don't need gods anymore. I'm good. I got my goal. I got my like the oath that I've made. But I'm gonna come back to the gods. I'm gonna <laughs> You my bay now. I, I think it's one of those things where it's like the only thing he like really, really knows. Yeah, yeah. I just love and it. And so like, like okay. it, it comes he co goes back to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Also, he's also, he spent so long, like, really, really wanting to be a good follower. So it, it's hard to move on from that, even if he, even if he decides that he does want to, or he doesn't decide. Religion's personal. Um, <laughs> it sure <laughs> is. I mean, he can be a religious paladin yeah. rather than an actual cleric. And I think those are kind of the most interesting characters. Yeah, he can. Are the ones that just, mm -hmm. like, have, well, this is, like, well, my it's Baltaim, right? Faith. Right. He's, yeah. very far, he's a very, you know, I mean... I wouldn't say devout in the sense of like, he's not orthodox in the sense mm -hmm. of like, he goes to her mass every day or whatever, but he's he has secure. his own personal yeah, rituals of like how he, how he prays to her and how yeah. he thanks her for what she's given him. So. I mean, I, th I think that's a really interesting way to do a mm -hmm. character, honestly, is to have like, oh, well I have faith. It's just not my whole thing. It's not my yeah. entire identity anymore. It's Which is why I think devotion. it's really cool that Quinn's kind of doing this. Like, yeah. okay, well, I couldn't like work for mm -hmm. her, but I do believe in her. And I'm going to do my best to believe in her. There you go. Um, okay, so um, so there, after um, Harry decides, well, I actually don't have time to go to college right this second, get a degree. <laughs> you know, there's some other stuff. Um, I've got, I've got to take a gap here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take a little gap here. Um, after that, uh, Oriana sort of offered to be a bit of a magical mentor um, to Perry. So um, 
like what what does Oriana think she has to offer as a teacher like what does she want to do for Perry in this in this way um I mean well Oriana's knowledge really focuses around the arcane mm -hmm. um specifically so in her mind what she has to offer Peregrine is the basic understanding of Arcana um, mm -hmm. she knows that's not necessarily what Peregrine needs to perform her magic, but if her magic is arcane, if, or if this new magic is arcane-based, Oriana can at least provide that sort of baseline knowledge. Will Oriana be able to teach her how to cast spells? Probably not. Maybe she can teach her a cantrip or something like that, but that's probably going to be the limit of that. But instead of, you know, having to go out and read a book on Arcana 101 or 102, she could ask Oriana for assistance in that matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, I think like bards and sorcerers must share at least a couple spells, but I can't think of any. They um, do, but how they few. cast yeah. them is like, if you imagine, <laughs> right, a, a bard is casting it through their, their focus of like their mm -hmm. instrument or however, or their will or, you know, their oration or whatever. Yeah. A sorcerer is using their crystal or their wand, mm -hmm. or whatever, their staff and, uh, and the inherent power within them. And so like the light spell may be similar, but the incantations would be slightly different. Mm -hmm. As per yeah. a wizard, it would be slightly different. Yeah, so wizard. they're... They're the same spell, but really yeah. they're more so like you'd recognize the basics of what the spell is, but you wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to cast it the exact same way. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, do, 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 do. So how does Perry feel about this? Like, um, it wasn't just um, Oriani either. I think Camping offered you to show some, show you something. Um, Baltaim did as well. Like, how does she feel about like going on this journey sort of by herself, but also possibly with the help of her friends? Perry's used to like doing things for herself and like mm -hmm. doing things on her own like she left on her own and she didn't think she was going to find anybody um she just sort of assumed that she would do the ocean thing and walk the world until she figured it out um so for her it's sort of a it, it's kind of a comfort because like the way that she was educated was, you know, okay, well, all of the village kids sit and they hear stories and they learn and they go and they go with the archdruids and they learn druidic magic. And like, she learned by doing and watching. So it kind of terrified her that she was going to have no one to like show her at least once how to do these kinds of mm -hmm. things. Um, and it like, it really means a lot to her that, you know, she has friends who are willing to like, stop and and sit down and okay so i don't cast magic the exact same way but to see a spell and then be able to try to modify that to work for me mm -hmm. helps her to grow more than just well i reach for the magic and oh shit all my shit's on fire um <laughs> no my precious stuff um or you know i reach for the magic and oh i've got wings for five seconds oh they're not real never mind um oh, they just laugh <laughs> So like, it means a lot and she's really, really grateful, mm -hmm. especially for like Oriana who did in fact learn magic. Um, and it wasn't something she was just like born with because back home, like everybody was born with like a little bit of druidic magic. Like, okay, well, even the smallest kid can cast druid craft. Um, and Perry struggled with it. Um, and that was really hard for her. Like, oh, I can't even make a flower bloom. Um, 
So while she is used to being on her own and she probably will do a lot on her own, mm-hmm. being able to lean on somebody is a new experience for her. You've got a little meditation group and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love how that happened. Like, oh yeah, I'll sit in on that. Um, yeah, okay, me too. Well, welcome, welcome to Perry's meditation one-on-one. Uh, uh, let's learn about circular breasts. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Um, so you were all asked um, by Fulton sort of like when you plan to move on because like Alexis somewhere tapping her feet. Um, what do your two characters in particular want to accomplish before you can um, move on to the next leg of your journey? Like what's still in the city for you? What's in the city? Not much. What's somewhere mm. outside of the city, possibly south? I don't know. I don't have even a river to follow. That uh-huh. temple. Um, that's like the one thing. Like she feels like, oh, well, Melora said I should seek this out. This is like a guide right to how I my people. And then I'm here. And Fulton said it was south. I guess I'm just going to walk south. So I'll walk into it. Um, but other than that, I mean, because she's gotten everything she can from the library she's not going to get anything from going to that school since you know it's gap year um so she doesn't have anything really left uh orion is ready to go now after hearing that there's stuff going on down in river and she would have been fine researching for a few more days and figuring out things uh she she ready she ready to go yeah there's stuff popping off only, in her yeah. hometown. The, the only thing really stopping her right now is she wants to make sure Perry gets a chance to go to the temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one final errand before we run off to see what's happening. Um, and we're going to move on to our topic for today, which is extras. Um, so music, character art, minis, themed dice, like you name it. Um, this little, like, things you put on top, like the sprinkles on top of D&D. Um, so first question, what is your favorite like piece that you own? Like a piece of art or a piece of music or a mini or anything? Do you have a favorite? Hmm, that's a good question. Hmm. Hmm. I can start if there's gonna be dead air, guys. Yeah, um, go ahead. <laughs> like, I, there are so many things. I know you have to like. I, go I've, got, back. I've got a couple of good ones, but I okay. I would probably say Oriana's current artwork. Oh, That's the the replacement for the old artwork, yeah. Pretty cool. Um, okay. I would say the I got from from Roy uh, the the piece, the original piece of art for the Strahd group, and then I mm-hmm. got that same artist to do a piece for our Wednesday group. They were like poster-esque pieces of art that you would see on like the cover of a a comic book or something like that. Like the art is so good. Um, Mm -hmm. I was actually going to say those two things. amazing (laughs) probably Those are probably my two favorite pieces of art. I mean, I've had a lot of art and I love pretty much all of it, but but those were just such an amalgamation of greatness that I I love it. Yeah, Yeah, there's one of the Wednesday group that is just perfect i mean you think you'd open like a comic book about our characters um and it'd be a really crazy comic book um but it's it's dope 
Um, mm-hmm. I because I was like I was gonna say I was gonna say those, um, but I'm really really fond of the uh, theme for Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has this very like magical girl anime feel to it. Yeah, um, it and kinda. it's so it's 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 so perfectly her. Mm-hmm. Um, like Legend of Zelda, like Kokri Forest. Mm-hmm. Like um, that, and um, I was also gifted a theme for my original Strahd character, Tara, and it's amazing. Oh, that's a good one, too. That was a good one. Um, I I said one, but I'm going to pick three because obviously <laughs> I've, got, I've got my little Adela mini who I love. This is the only mini I own. And oh, perfect. that was the Aww. one I painted. Yeah, it's so small. I it don't still know looks good. It. Yeah, I keep it on my, I, I don't touch it ever. I just keep it on my shelf. <laughs> That's what I do with most of the minis that I I never on. touch it. Yeah, my Tris mini is in a Lucian. box. Yeah. Oh, he's there. Yep. Tris is I, in I a keep, box. I keep him in the, uh, in the actual dice Guys, wall. this is an advertisement <laughs> for my painting skills. No. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've got commission minis. Tris. Oh. Little bitty Tris so and little bitty Perry. Wait, hold her, hold her up to the, um, to the camera. So, Little bitty Perry. Yeah. Cute. And then my mm. Edgelord Rogue, Little Bitty Triss. <laughs> the baby. I miss Triss. I liked her. Um, I love Triss. Yeah. She was. Okay, don't worry. Sometimes else. Laura goes into her accent trying to be another character on Mondays. Uh, yeah. So Thalia's um, so Irish accent becomes um, Triss's Romanian. fake Romanian. Yeah. Um, just, like, you know, every yeah. now and then I get nostalgic for, you know. Yeah, I remember when I was a rogue. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good time. Remember when I used to punch Jay's character in the face, like, all the time? <laughs> that was fun. Um, yeah, I'd say second one would be the art that I got for my second straw character, Des, just because that was such that was good amazing. art. That was amazing. That, that was, was amazing. Phenomenal. Wasn't that so good? They yeah, looked um, so good. They looked so if people, good. If people are interested, I retweeted a while ago, so it's on my timeline. Um, the artist is amazing. If you could commission them, you should. And um, the last one would be the the music that Sarani got me for my first straw character. Because that was good. It was just mm, like, like shanty. The, it was like it was shanty yes, but it was also yeah. like scary sounding. Yeah, it was, it was like kind a of very like sinister shanty. Yeah, it was, it was a very like sinister, sinister shanty. Jazz shanty. Yeah, it was it was good. It was creepy, just like fog. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Creepiest character, best character. Um, what the fuck was the next question? Moving <laughs> on, I got very distracted. So, what would you guys say? is like the purpose of having character art and original music and minis and props and stuff. Like how does it enhance the game for you? Um, well, first off, it gives a good visual, uh, yeah. especially the artwork uh, for mm-hmm. people to kind of imagine what your character looks like. Um, if you're one of those people who really likes to get uh, like super in your own head about it mm-hmm. and like imagine everyone looks like their characters and you know, close your eyes, you see the scene playing out. Um, that's a great way for it to, uh, to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll let Laura go. I think Laura was going to say something. I mean, I think it just, for me, it, it's, it's sort of like a personal element. It's like a personal mm-hmm. connection. Like, okay, well, this is what she literally looks like. Like she's more real now because she has a face and I haven't just described it. Everyone else can actually see it. Um, but a lot of it is just like sentimental. 
Like it, it's just one of those things where it's like, well, I super it's like Tris. I super love Tris. Like having a piece of her just kind of lets me be connected. I think it's different, right? Like obviously for a stream, there's a reason why there's mm -hmm. artwork because you have people who are gonna watch and might want to know exactly what these characters look like. Also, you generally don't want to steal art from yes. the community yeah. to show on your yep. stream. I know a lot of people do it for their personal D&D games and that's a whole different subject that I don't want to get into because I am not an artist and that's like on artists to to fight that battle. Um, but for me, um, I like being very, I mean, you guys have already heard, like being very descriptive um, when I do my games and having character art and music to set a tone um, it really helps me set the tone of like the town that you're in and the culture of the town and um, you know, or the dungeon and the atmosphere of like how it's going to feel or the battle and like mm. how important it is. Um, and so having those pieces um, makes it feel more than just pen on paper. Uh, you know, it really like you can really play out a scene and make it feel like, you know, the players are, or making their own movie or a part of their own video game almost, you know? Um. Yeah. Um, so do you guys like, do you usually have a good visual of what your characters look like before you get your art or do you kind of like wait until, wait until the art comes back to really finalize your mental image? I usually have a general idea of certain characteristics that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, like for Oriana, for example, I, I mentioned she has the arcane runes in her horns. Um, the horns look a specific way. Um, her hair's this color, her skin tone's this color, her eyes are this color, the shape of her, her the, the end of her tail is like a fish hook. Um, all of that, like ideas I have about the character, and then I rely on the artist to sort of take those ideas and formulate, sort of like mold the clay mm -hmm. into what the final image of the character would be. I usually have a pretty specific vision, but like a lot of times that vision sort of shifts as I see it. Um, but like there are elements that are like very important, like mm -hmm. the vines up Perry's arms are, you know, very important. Um, things like, okay, well, these are the specific colors that she always wears because she mm -hmm. looks like she's sort of, you know, going through the changing seasons. Um, but like, it's, it's okay. Well, she has X armor, but I never really think about like what that armor specifically looks like for her. Um, like, meanwhile, like I have an Aladrin who is very specific summer. And so like, I am very specific about, okay, well, she's wearing this specific robe. Mm -hmm. You know, she has the, you know, this specific jewelry or, you know, these specific tattoos. But a lot of times, I mean, I have like a very specific vision and then it kind of just transforms until it comes to life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I give like a, I have like my Pinterest board and I have like my description uh, mm -hmm. The funny thing is, is um, for some of the characters that I've had created of mine, like for instance, Lex, I think every artist has created her almost ex exactly the same way. And so, so that's either 
either I so I feel like that's on me. I gave a really good description of like what mm-hmm. that character should look like, and they were able to take it and mold it into that character looking fairly similar. Ex- the, the, the distinctness is the differences in their their art styles, but the actual mm-hmm. character and like what she's wearing and stuff like that is is very similar. But um, but I like to be surprised too. Like mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, I have I have uh, a vision in my mind, but t- to be honest, like. There, uh, there have been plenty of artists where I've been like, oh, this character's going to kind of look like this. And then the mm-hmm. artist comes back and I was like, this is fucking way better than we'll end like, never mind. So I was like, no, this is way more badass than my shitty description. Thank you very much. I'll take this. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I feel like artists are, I, like, I have no idea how they figure it out. Because like, if yeah. someone gave me what I gave, what I gave them, I'd like look at it and be like, uh, okay, what do you uh, want me to do with this? Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand what I'm saying. But like some of the, especially like some of the characters that I've got with like intricate armor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how? How did you figure this out? You know, how are you? How are you doing this? So I love it. I love artists. Witchcraft. Yeah, it is witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, so like if nobody's like commissioned art for their character before or is looking to like get their first um, like character art commission, where do you start? Like how do you find artists? How do you contact them? How do you like find the right artist for you? Uh, well, the way that I did it was um, I literally went on Twitter and went like DNT commissions. Oh, <laughs> that's what I typed in. Um, I, I follow a lot of artists just in general, like from video games and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. a lot of the artists that I follow are like lead concept designers and like, you're never going to commission them. And if you do, you're, you're going to be paying like thousands of dollars because mm. that's their, that's their job. Um, they're like building characters for like Final Fantasy and League of Legends and, you know, uh, yeah. Blizzard and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but I, I went on Twitter and I was like, okay, well, I'm, I, I see all these great people doing this for like their job. And sometimes they, they do their own personal pieces or whatever. And they they look amazing. And I was like, okay, well, I'd love to do this. So yeah, I just, I just searched like D and D commissions open and found a bunch of people mm-hmm. and just started asking quite like most, um, artists will actually have a commission sheet that shows mm-hmm. their prices and like how much it's going to cost and like, you know, what you're going to be paying for and how, um, how they do their work and everything like that. Like some of them, you know, uh, a lot of the ones that are like more expensive will often give options for you to pay half, uh, half up front and then half at the end. Some want like the entire amount. Um, and they kind of tell you, Oh, this will take two to three weeks or whatever. Um, so it, it really, it's really dependent, but you can get a good general idea of like styles and mm-hmm. what you're looking for and how much it's going to cost you. And there are artists all the way from like, really amateur and even some of the amateur ones are like amazing that I've I've found and I'm like surprised that their prices are are that and I'm happy to come back to them and give them more business but like you can find someone from like $20 for like a full-bodied commission all the way up to like I said like a thousand two thousand dollars and it really like depends on what you want so um so really like you could go there I'm, I'm sure there are other places you could probably go on like deviant art and stuff like that too and find people but that's generally how I did and I found some really Yeah, I just follow a lot of artists on Twitter, like either because they've drawn, you know, there's something that we've gotten our characters drawn on, or there's somebody that one of the artists that I already follow that maybe has drawn something that I like, they follow it or they retweet it. I'm like, oh no, I like them too. Let me just like make a pile of, these are the people that eventually are going to draw my babies. 
I'm like, there, oh, oh. there are some that are, I'm just dying to, like, if I get a character to level 20, I'm going to splurge on, like, this really expensive one. Like, a, a real portrait of my character. <clears throat> yeah, most of the artists I've commissioned on, on Twitter, have been through Twitter, and either uh, I've seen them because Serenity's commented on their stuff, or... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, someone I follow commented on their stuff, and I'm like, oh, they did a really good piece there. Let me see what their prices are. Oh, that looks nice. Let me see if I can get, you know, this group shot for my Wednesday game or whatever. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, so what's what's the process of commissioning music like? Because I've never done it. Is it about the same as, like, getting visual art, or is it a little bit different? <laughs> um, depends. Uh, so the person that I've commissioned most of our stuff from, Vorpal Lance, um, mm -hmm. they are, like, I don't understand how they're not in the industry doing whatever, but this is, like, their side hobby. Um, and <clears throat> their stuff is absolutely amazing. They have a YouTube channel, and, a, and, um, and you can, like, use their music. Uh, freely like they have no they're like oh if you want to use it for your games like have a good time um <clears throat> but um i found them just again random chance so i figured <clears throat> D, D commissions open i was like music commissions open uh so i just searched <laughs> that and i found a couple of people and i've got a, i've used a couple of different people but verbal lance is by far been the best and they do like uh other they've done a lot of stuff for their own DD &D campaigns and for other mm -hmm. people's so they really understand like fantasy and like the type of atmosphere that you're trying to create but yeah it's generally the same like they'll have like a commission sheet they'll be like here's a, a base price I'll, music's a little bit different because uh depending on the artist that you get to do it a lot of times music will be like pay per minute of, of music created. Mm. So for instance, if you're creating like a minute and a half theme song, like um, uh, the person who did our um, our theme music um, uh, was has like a professional studio and does like a lot of professional music. So a little bit more expensive, um, but knows exactly how to mix and everything like that. And uh, for like a minute and a half song, it's like a certain price per minute or whatever. Mm -hmm. or, um, and there will be a lot of that for, for music, but you can sometimes find people who will generally be like, um, you know, I'll do a, you know, I'll do a, a three minute song for you for whatever, 50 bucks or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. and some people are good, good that way, but yeah, it's generally the same thing. You tell them like the atmosphere, what type of song you're trying to create, if there are any kind of. Uh, songs that it's supposed to sound sort of like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the type of feelings that it should evoke and stuff like that. Music's a little bit harder uh, because when I go into music, like with art, right, you at least have a description you can pull off of Pinterest boards. You can say like, I think the hairstyle is going to be braided this way and it's going to be this color. Music, it's like, I like uh, Megalovania, you know, from, from Undertale. And that's a cool mm -hmm. song. And I want the song to sound like that. But obviously they can't, but they can't directly copy yeah. Yeah. friggin' yeah. Undertale, right? So, so you're just like, it sounds great, and you're like, okay, I hope it sounds like that. And then it's like, obviously, the person can't do that, so you get like something completely different, but with the same tones. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been extremely happy with with what I've been uh, given for from from the uh, commissioners that I've I've worked with. But yeah, it's quite a different experience mm -hmm. than um, than art. Awesome. Um, have either of you commissioned music before? No. Nah. Losers. No, I, I'm, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking into it. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. 
Well, if you ever want to use uh, Vorpalance, let me know. I'm sure they'd love it. Probably will. Probably will. Tarani's got connections. Um, so, um, so Sarani, like, at what point when you were like planning this whole campaign, did you decide that you wanted like super slick, super professional art, like an official theme song, like made by somebody who knew how to make theme songs? Because all that stuff was like set up right from the beginning. Yeah. So, well, so the original music, the background music of the campaign, other than the theme song and like our stream start music, that was us actually as a group. We were like, well, we're going to stream this. We need to be able to use background music. So I was like, I don't want to have a campaign that's devoid of music. Mm -hmm. um, how do we use some, like some of the best music for D&D &D is like video game, like orchestral pieces. So mm -hmm. we're like, well, how do we get access to this? And we actually reached out to CD Projekt Red, uh, who makes uh, The Witcher um, mm -hmm. series. And we reached out to, um, uh, what's their name? Uh, the, the studio that makes Darkest Dungeon. Um, oh, uh, Red Hook? Red Hook Studios, yes. Mm -hmm. And got in touch with their composer, Stuart Chatwood. And we were like, hey, can we, would you mind, we're not selling this, we're not making money off of this, but we're going to upload mm -hmm. our, our VODs to YouTube. Are you okay with us streaming this and having your music in the background as like they're walking around cities and fighting battles and stuff? They're like, yeah, as long as you, as long as you uh, credit us, we're happy with it. And I was like, that was such nice. an amazing feeling. Yeah, to get that back yeah. from a studio that makes like millions of dollars on their games and are so widely well known mm -hmm. uh, for that, for them to come back and say like, yes, you can use this from some unknown stream that like had zero viewers because we hadn't even started. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was huge for us. So like, that was a big one. But then for starting the stream, like I wanted the stream to not just be this like crappy, barely cobbled together, like having problems, like, you know, all of our cameras are a mess all over the screen. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, yeah, it has to have some kind of visual appeal because people are, if, if people want to watch this, they're going to have to mm -hmm. watch it for a few hours. And there's going to have to be something that brings them in and keeps them engaged. And so I wanted to get like proper art of the characters, make sure that people would get to know them, get to know the players behind them and then have the intro music so that it could feel like we were you know, actually creating a show, which is like the same that I did for, you know, what's the damage and everything like that, because I mm -hmm. wanted to feel like this is, you know, an actual production, even though it's like me on my one computer doing it. Well, that counts. You're producing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, but that, yeah, yeah that, that was the reasoning behind it. We are all professionals here. Mostly, Super mostly Serenity. Mostly Serenity. Mostly Serenity. Very, but Very professional. We try our best. Um, cool beans. Those moments uh, where I'm like, the stream's not working, guys. The stream's not working. <laughs> Suddenly, there's just her mouth is moving, and we're just yeah, staring and, and, at and it. You're like, yeah, yeah, or you're just like, no, we're, we're like just in like, Discord, we like we can't hear DM, you. DM, DM, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Or we're like, or you're like, the the stream sound is not on, and I was like, oh, for an entire hour, I didn't oh, no. turn up the volume. That was great. Yeah, I, I remember am. when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> was that a whole hour? I thought it was just like half an hour. Yeah, it was one half of a session. Yeah, yeah it was rough. Huh. Oh well, and we'll never know what happened. Um, <laughs> so professional. Uh, so, have you guys ever played like on a table with minis? Because we just all showed off our minis. I I haven't. I really want to though. What's it like? Yeah. Ah, uh, interesting. Um, 
I have never played on like the sets that you see on some of the like TTRPGs out there that have like the, the Dwarven Forge like crazy smoke screen stuff. But we had yeah, like the battle or, like, mats. Dimension Twenty is doing the very mm-hmm. yeah the very basic battle mats and stuff like yeah. that. Um, it's interesting. Uh, it's um, it's not really much different than like playing Umbral Twenty. Like the whole point of a battle mat is so that in a complex battle with environment around you you have an understanding of like what you can use in the environment and where you can move like that's basically what it's for um because all of the rest of what's happening in the battle is theater of mind of you explaining your spell and like casting it or like doing your attack or saying like i want to jump off this wall and like do a jump kick or something like that is like, yeah. you know like most of that is like you just moved your token up there and then you explained the rest of it so really mm-hmm. like having minis is just like cool um but it it it's more for uh the the i think there's more to it today now that there are like companies like dwarven forge that like mm-hmm. make it an actual like a dm can make it an actual production back when i was playing it was literally one of those white uh dry erase mats where we'd like put a box yeah, on yeah i, there, I like, played on the mat too <laughs> yeah and you just put yeah. your little squares and like that that was so i would say like there it's honestly like my a lot of the roll 20 maps that that I use mm-hmm. or that some of the other DMs that I, I play with use are way better than anything I used way back when. Now, today, mm-hmm. if you were to buy, you know, the thousand dollars worth of Dwarven Forge, of course, it would be amazing, but that's mm-hmm. a lot of money. A lot of money. I've played with something like that uh, before when I had a in-person group on Thursdays that I played with. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had uh, not not like the whole set, like it was like a castle that he just repurposed as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, you'd break down the walls and make other things with it and all that kind of stuff. But that was the only time I ever actually physically used minis and mm-hmm. set pieces, and it was awesome. Honestly, um, it, it's not like this big epic thing of all of a sudden the game's a million times more enjoyable. If anything, it's a, it's more frustrating because <laughs> you accidentally knock something over and be like, you oh, can't pass the piece of terrain to see where your character yeah. actually is. So you're like standing up. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it is it is it does make it, it gives that sense of more of an event, more of a mm-hmm. like a community type thing where you have all this stuff that you can interact with and everything. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I would ever buy, well, first off, I don't have enough people around that want to play <laughs> in person. <laughs> yeah. I've seen, um, there's like this like rearrangeable, like 3d, um, like dungeon map where you oh, can yeah, yeah. like, I've seen that. use it like Domus. Yeah. Like if I ever had like an in-person game and also money, I would get one of those. <laughs> it looks so cool and fun. Um, awesome. But yeah, like kind of speaking of like some of the stuff we have on Roll20, uh, could you tell us about those like fancy flashing tokens you made for everybody? Oh, I made how those. You- yeah. So yeah, how'd you make those? Um, learning. So you want to do stuff like that? You got to learn. So I like went on, uh, I was like, I want to make animated tokens. It'd be really cool if I could have like something animated in the background. Um, I, Pretty much everything I used was free. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you can use Photoshop, which would probably be a lot easier, but Photoshop's very expensive. So I use GIMP. Basically what you do is obviously you have your art and you have your token border and you can find token borders on like Pinterest or like make them out of anything. And there is a, a free tool called, called um, token, token, 
or just token tool token tool token. yeah token, token tool. tool i was gonna say because that's what i um use. and you can actually create your own uh custom borders uh by like taking stuff and like making borders and then mm -hmm. um uh, creating them and then adding them into the token <laughs> tool and then making the token but um but yeah basically i do that i, I find like an interesting gif that like will look good in the background um and this is the one time where like you can actually take stuff and like it's it's i'm not like reselling it or anything like that or reusing mm -hmm. it and gifts are generally under uh free, free purpose so i generally will find like free purpose stuff same with like all the backgrounds that you see for our character art and stuff like that we go on to like um the free uh, Pixabay sites. is a lifesaver. Yeah, Pixabay, Pixabay is a like lifesaver mm -hmm. so for like all of your none of like, our backgrounds or anything like that are like taken from artists who don't don't want us to use them. But yeah, I, I find gifts and then uh, you 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 upload them. It's it's a lot of painstaking fucking work. Uh, it takes mm -hmm. probably like an, an a half an hour to an hour for each one. It depends on how many frames are in the gift. I've had some gifts that have like 150 frames, and I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Um, <laughs> But, like, uh, but yeah, I, I made I made those um, uh, because I was like, you know, for our anniversary of a year, I wanted to do something flashy and cool and mm -hmm. fun and and really make our stuff different. And so I did that. It does look cool. Um, and that's our time for tonight. Thank you guys for coming once again to talk about nerdy shit with me um, and with each other and with the audience. Uh, thank you to everyone who's watching for tuning in once again to this. Um, make sure to tune <laughs> on Friday for the next episode of Roll for Damage, then tune in on Tuesday for the next episode. What's the damage? We're talking about the next episode of Roll for Damage. It's a cycle. I'm sure you're um, used to it by now. A uh, special shout out to Sunbird and Lady Meows who did our art and music for this stream since that's what we were talking about today. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna like retweet that art that I shout out to because it's really cool and I want everyone to see it. Yeah, again. do it. Yeah, like, go for it. If I didn't yeah, have like a thousand um, pieces, I would retweet mine, but there's no point. Mm -hmm. I would just be on here for the next You'd just days. be scrolling through, you'd be like, what? I never use Twitter, so like I'll be able to find it pretty easily. <laughs> um never on Twitter. I hate Twitter. Uh, gotta use it for professional reasons. Um, anyway, uh, stick around. We have a links and charities and all the normal stuff after the stream. Check out our Discord. We post memes and talk about the characterization stuff on there. Come talk to us. Um, check out our YouTube. Check out our stream backlog. Check out our store. We have merch. Check out our Patreon. We have behind the scenes stuff um, and other special little thingies, little treats for people who want to throw us a buck once a month. Um, and I hope you all have a great night. I believe that's all the necessary shout outs. Good Thanks. Night. Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you later.